0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise the Lord. I made that video. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm not going to be very long this morning, this afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, have you ever been talking with someone or, uh, giving somebody advice and you say something and it's profound? It's like, ah, that's awesome. And then you keep talking. (laughs) I want to, I want to be able to know when to stop and, uh, not keep on. (laughs) Uh. Today I want to talk about the importance of teaching and teaching truth and not just teaching it but living it and uh, how important that is. Uh, I was starting to doubt uh, what I was wanting to speak on and then came to the breakfast and then this morning Brother Rayleigh has given me uh, strength I guess in that so... Uh, we learn lessons all different sorts of ways, Um, whether that be on the job or or whatever. I've worked just a few jobs. I'm not a job hopper. Um, I don't know a whole lot, (laughs) so so I can't just go around jumping, 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 jumping. But my very first real job uh, was at Daniel's Funeral Home. And Loved it there. Loved the people, uh, Mr. Daniels. All of the family there is is very good people. Um, you know, they taught me how to uh, console people in their their time of uh, need. There, that's one of the worst portions in in this life is death. Whenever you have to wish uh, or see someone go that you really love, and uh, they was able to show me how to handle that situation, and and they were telling me that you can't just take life seriously. You can't go through life quickly, and 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 even at that, uh, for them, um, they wanted to know. They wanted me to know that it's not just doom and gloom all the time, but you have to find certain ways to laugh. You have to find certain ways to to do. And uh, never was this more Evident for me, Uh, they knew my grandmother and my dad very well, and they know how skittish we are, just like a cat sometimes, you just make a noise and you just jump, and uh, I don't do it on purpose, it just happens, so they sent me to the back at their uh, office in Live Oak, their old office, and unbeknownst to me, they had brought someone in to the uh, embalming room. I don't want to be graphic uh, there, but there's a big embalming room. It's part of life. Um, And all the lights were off. They sent me to the garage. Well, I had to go through the embalming room in order to get to the garage. And they had set this individual uh, in there on a gurney. And I had absolutely no idea that there was anybody in there. So I opened up the door, turned on the light, and there's there's this person in there. It scared me half to death. I screamed. A very long time. <laughs> I was taking another breath to scream again, and I heard hysterical laughter in the front. And they they say that they didn't mean to do that. But I feel like that was otherwise. Uh, it's a learning experience. Not, not too long after that, not because of that, but not too long after that, I took a job at uh, McDuffie Marine and Sporting Goods because uh, I, I was tired of being scared. <laughs> Very tired of being scared. Uh, so I took the job there, and if you've ever worked with mechanics or around mechanics, it's, it's a learning experience. Not so good sometimes, <laughs> but learning, and uh, many times that they would they would teach teach me different things, uh, how to how to work on boats and how to, how to uh, fix a four wheeler and you know things that are, are not necessarily uh, skills that you have to have, but it's just nice to know. And these people took time to uh, show me. It's not it wasn't part of my job to build. Uh, a boat or fix a boat or um four-wheeler or anything like that. It, it was my job to clean the boats and to mow the yard and just to be the, the maintenance type. But they would show me how to do these different things. And um, Another life lesson is uh, whenever a uh, mechanic offers to show you something in a motor, you need to know a little bit more about a motor than I do, uh, said to hold uh, this down and hold that down and they were going to check the spark to see if there was any, yeah, you already know where this is going, on a jet ski, well they found out that there was a spark by me screaming again, (laughs) so another life lesson, you know. you can't you can't go through and just be mundane you have to break it up you have to do this you have to do that but uh, you you have to find something to laugh at but also you have to take time to teach people uh what to do and because of what they've uh given me knowledge wise I'm able to uh, look at a motor and say yeah it needs to be repaired and uh, you know, I'm able to do certain things, change the oils and, and different things, and I, and I really appreciate the time that they spent with me. I know Brother brother Alan Everett and uh, Brother Jimmy Sullivan, they've they've taken up a lot of time with me and Alan, uh, showing us how to fish and all that, and it's it's times like that, that not only are they teaching us how to fish, but they're teaching us how to be a man. They're teaching us what to do whenever you're older. Um, We we have to teach our children for the church that hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and there is not but one name by which we must be saved and there is no other way to make heaven than the Acts 238 message. You can't water it down and you can't mix anything with it. You can't fit to your wants or desires. You can't say, I'll believe a portion of it and live that portion, but don't live the other uh, because you agree with just that certain bit. You can't profess with your mouth you are Christ like and live however you want. You just can't do that. You can't put your spin of religiosity on Scripture for your personal gain. To teach, to teach, it's not just to stand up here, but to teach is to actually have hands-on teaching. You have to say, you know what, this is what you do whenever this situation happens. Do, do we handle every situation correctly? No. Do I handle every situation correctly? No. But I try. I try to measure myself to this. I don't measure myself to others because there's a lot of other people that are better than I am. And I'm okay with admitting that because it's true. I'm better than some of you at some things, but y'all are better than I am at Brother Everett. I mean, many, many times was able to just put in a a thought in the woods. He said, Hey, you want to go hunting? Well yeah. I said, just take me out there. And then while we're out there looking at deer or or trying to do something, you know, he just lays something on my heart from his heart. And and you don't know how many times that that has helped, and that just brought me through something. And you you can't just sit there and say, you know, well, I'll leave it to pastor, or I'll leave it to the the youth team, or I'll leave it to the Sunday schools. You you just you can't do that. You can, but it won't work. And then and then get mad at us <laughs> for for your kids' problems. <laughs> Uh, Sorry about that. But for the teachers, just for for a few minutes, I know we're all teachers, but if you're actually a teacher or uh, a preacher, a man of team, if you hold a title, I want to talk to you for just a second. That if you feel that this walk or your walk or what you used to believe in isn't correct anymore, which is a dangerous place to be. If you have once been convicted of something and you're not convicted of that now, then you need to take that to prayer. You don't need to teach your spin or your agenda or your warped sense of doctrine to kids. That's wrong. Period. Just because you have found something or you have been jaded in a certain way, you cannot say to a kid, this is it. If it's in the Bible, you can. You, You... you measure yourself to this. You measure your teaching to this. If you don't agree with this, take it to prayer. Don't take it to your classroom. If you don't agree with what the minister is saying here, don't take it to your classroom. Take it to prayer. You need to always, always, always take it to prayer. Don't sit there and try to put your spin, if it, goes, if it contradicts the Bible, it contradicts what is preached, what we believe in, our standards. If we have a standard, if there was no standard, if you just want to teach that there is no standard, then then what separates us? Where is the dividing line? The, the purple, the tan, and the green are all dividing lines. There is a line here. There is lines. There is mandates in the Bible that are set up for us so if you don't have any lines or any uh, uh, convictions of your own then you need to take that to prayer you don't need to sit there and try to teach somebody your spin that okay okay If we don't teach of our heritage, then the next generation will not know. It's it's pretty simplistic. <laughs> it's, it's not brain surgery. I've often wondered what brain surgeons say <laughs> whenever. So it's not brain surgery. Uh, but it's not. You know, if we don't teach, then that's it. Uh, it's factual. Now, I like to watch... Um, Documentaries. I, I'm all about trying to advance my knowledge. I'm not a whole uh, library or anything. I, I did hear one guy say because wanting to uh, learn new things, he went up to what he he assumed was the Shoshone uh, Native American uh, a booth in the airport, and and he was went up to the booth and he said, I, I would really like to learn about the uh, Native Americans. And the guy looked at him and said, um here at the shoe shine stand? <laughs> Shoshone, shoe Okay. Nope. Nobody? Alright. So it's it's true. It needs you need to watch out where you get your, your information from. You can't just assume different things. I thought that was funny. Shoshone. Nobody. Alright. You'll get that on the way home, maybe. Hopefully. You'll be laughing. Nothing's more apparent. That we lose our heritage or our uh, individuality then then there's there's several different examples uh, i I'll, I'll use this example the um, tribes uh, in South America and different places in um, Africa and, and all uh, the, if they live closer to civilization if if civilization has Crept up to them, and and they're pretty close. What happens is the young generation realizes that that we have, you know, still we have a better uh, a better machete or a better uh, thing like anything like that. We have a little something better that's a tool that they used to use or can use or still use. And what they do is they'll just get that instead of. Learning how to make their own stuff, uh, because our stuff is better, quote unquote. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that we need to go back to straw huts and start eating lizards and you know, go that way. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying that what we need to do is is hold on to heritage, hold on to what we were, hold on to where we have been, but ever more reach for where we are going, not just saying, well, we're going to replace this with this and replace that with that. You can't replace anointing. You can't replace doctrine. You can't replace uh, worship with with worldly things. In India, on the coast, I was watching this documentary. Now, I don't know where this, where exactly it is. I can't remember, but for hundreds of years, this uh, Indians, am I correct in saying that? India Indians? Okay. These Indians would build boats from the trees that were on the uh, coast, and not just any trees. They couldn't use palm trees. They had to use uh, like basswood and, and different things. It's a little bit more buoyant, resistant to waterlog. Uh, that's what they had to use. And they would latch these trees together, to make this boat and go through uh, through the surf. Whenever the surf broke over the top of the boat, because there was, they were latched together, the water would be able to go through, so the boat would never get filled with water. So they would teach the younger generation how to build these boats, but what they failed to do is to teach the younger person or the younger generation how to replant those trees. So now, fast forward, they're out of the trees. They have no more. So they're having to go to uh, another way. And in five years, in this village, five years, over 60% of the fishermen have had to switch to the new boat. Leaving behind the old ways the old boats and, and these new boats though are are able to go farther, but their cost is greater. Uh, if the boat is hit too many times by these hard uh, surf by the hard surf, it becomes weak, and after a while the boat will take on water and it will it will take uh, the fishermen with it, because the old boats, if it took on water or broke apart, they could still get on the logs because the logs were buoyant. This, the whole boat goes down. So typically the whole crew is lost, uh, whereas before it wasn't. The sad thing is that the mentality of the old has been passed to the next generation. They used all the resources that they could without giving back. They took all the trees, uh, and all of that. So now the the young generation is fishing with nets, trying to get um, a sh- a specific shrimp. The shrimp has uh, in the very in the surf portion. Uh, that's where their nursery is, so to speak. That up up at the shallow water. That's where the the safe haven is. Well, they fish that to get the fry. Which is the baby shrimp, and whenever they do that, they put everything out on a on a um, on the beach and take only the fry and leave everything else to die. So all of the fish that are coming up in there, there's there's no more babies. So they're using all of their resources. That mentality of of not giving back, of not teaching conservation, or if you want to call it conservation, or not teaching that we don't need to just give and take and take and take and take, but we need to also give. And uh, a lot of times, it's it's hard to give. You know, it, it's hard to say. You know, I, I'll I'll take this time out and I'll take that time out and I and I'll go to the church or I'll take a young person to. Uh, go do something, anything, not anything, but you know what I mean, you don't want to do anything, that could be bad, but there will be a cost, there will be a cost if we don't make up in our mind that this is right, this is true, and then not only do that, but teach it. What happens when you get, when you point out every little fault and defect and wrong. When you say, I can't believe this one or that one got up and sang or prayed, or I can't believe they were that, or the preacher really, or, or you or you say, the preacher really read their mail to them, they need to, I'm glad the preacher taught on that because I'm glad they got that for somebody else, not for you. you what happens whenever you do that? You're you're planting seeds in your kids. You're showing them how to look for the negative. Period. You're showing them how to look for faults and insecurities, and and what that's going to do is that's going to breed in them a. Uh, uh, a hardness of their heart towards the church in general. It can it can do that. So the cost could be great. I'm reminded of this, and this is in closing, so if you want to... I like whenever Brother Boyette is on the piano because it makes the mood just so much nicer going. I wish I could hire him to follow me around the keyboard <laughs> kidding in Ezra 3 11 12 and 13 and they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel and all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men or who were older that had seen the first house, the very first temple, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the shout of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Here's the problem. The elders remembered how the church used to be. They remembered... And was able to worship in a house that had the Ark of the Covenant. But the younger generation had learned to worship in a house with no Ark. With no anointing. They had learned how to have church without power. Without anointing. And that's why the ancient or the elders wept. Because they knew... The young generation was was coming up, and they were wrong. Psalms fifty-two, one through nine. Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue desi- devises mis- mischiefs like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. Thou lovest more than, God, than good. And lying rather than speaking righteousness, sole, which is to think about that. Thou lovest all devouring words, and thou, O oh thou deceitful tongue, God shall likewise destroy, destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place, and root thee out of the land of the living, salay. The righteous also shall fear, shall see and fear, and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches. He didn't trust God because he had this. He had enough money. He could do it on his own. And strengthened himself in his wickedness. But David said, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. In order to understand sort of what David is saying, we need to go back. Because God wanting the, wanted the anointing oil to be made with oil olive. Giving instructions on how to mix the herbs and spices There is to be no carbon copy of the anointing. It's not to be used for a cologne or anything other than anointing oil. You can't water it down. You can't mix it any way that you want. You you can't do with it what you want. You can't cook with it. David's saying... I am as a green olive tree planted in the house of God is saying, I am established in the house. But not only that, I want to produce fruit. I want to produce from here. I don't want to just keep taking and taking and taking. But I want to plant here. And I want to say, and not only am I going to plant here, but I'm also going to produce fruit. There must be a holy anointing that is with us. Not something that has been prayed down by the saints of old. And it, Because I don't want to stand looking at the elders and see them crying because the church is not what it used to be. I want to see them crying because the church is better than it used to be. And we're stronger and there is more power here. Moses in Numbers 11.14, speaking of the Lord about the children of Israel, says this. He couldn't do it on his own. We have to have help. 11.14, I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. We have to have your help. We, We, as in the ministry of the church, we as in the church in general, you can't just go through and take and take and take and take and not be able to teach the young this is, this is right. This is how to be a man. This is how to be a woman. This is how you pray. This is how you walk. Whenever hurts and heartaches happen, I look out and I see I know hurts. Personally, I know what's, what's been done to people. And I still see them saying, Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'll worship you anyways. That gives me strength. That's teaching me to say, I can do that. If, if they can do that, I can do that. And how do I know that? Because I'm I'm watching someone else do it. And I'm not having to uh, just go to the book and wonder what they they did or how they did or what it looked like for them. I can see it here and say, "Thank you, Jesus." I I, I hope I hope it's not I hope this isn't in vain, or I hope that you know what I'm trying to get across has come across. I'm not trying to say that it's all your responsibility and not mine, or but it, it, it's all of ours. It's a group effort to to study the word. To if if we find something that's not right that we think that we think is not right, because honestly, I've I've read things in the Bible that that I. <laughs> quite frankly i don't want to do don't want to be too transparent but there's just some things that it's hard to it's hard to do but you do it because it's it's bible you do it because not because you don't want somebody else to see you mess up or because you you don't want to get caught you do it because you you love the lord and, and his word is is truth. That's why you do it. You don't do it because of, of me or our or pastor, hopefully. You do it because you love God. And the importance of teaching our heritage and our, our anointing, it needs to be always, always taught.